can hear a heartbeat of a thousand miles In the heavens open every time she smiles And when I come to her, that's where I belong Yeah, I'm running to her like a river song To get a joining us for service today. We really miss getting to see your faces, and hopefully in the next coming weeks, Lord willing, we'll get to see them. In the meantime, though, please engage with us in the service today. Comment and like and or any of those other emojis that you want to put in there, please do so. We'd love to hear from you. We're going to take a moment to pray now. If you have requests that you want to make known to the Lord, please do so right now while I give everybody a moment to pray. And then I'll pray for the service as a whole. Let's pray. Dear Lord, I thank you for today. Lord, I pray that you would prepare our hearts and minds for the service, Lord. That we would be engaged and encouraged and challenged, Lord, by you. Lord, I pray for all the many needs, Lord. Locally, personally, Lord. For our state and our country and our world, Lord. In this time of trouble. I thank you for all your many blessings, Lord, 
Amen. Enjoy the service. Good morning. I hope you're safe and sound there at your home. Let's sing and worship together. Standing on the promises of Christ my King, through eternal ages let His praises ring. Glory in the highest I will shout and sing. Standing on the promises of God. Standing, standing. Standing on the promises of God my Savior. Standing, standing. I'm standing on the promises of God. Standing on the promises that cannot fail. When the howling storms of doubt and fear assail, by the living word of God I shall prevail, standing on the promises of God. Standing, standing, standing on the promises of God, my Savior, standing, standing. I'm standing on the promises of God. Standing on the promises I cannot fall, listening every moment to the Spirit's call, resting in my Savior as the all in all, standing on the promises of God, standing, standing, standing on the promises of God, my Savior, standing, standing. I'm standing on the promises of God. Amen. Happy Mother's Day. This is Mr. Dave here in Kid Street giving you the kids' message. We've uh, had some extra time to spend with our mothers, some of us. We've had uh, school canceled, and that's fun sometimes. We'll get some for maybe a snow day. We'll get to sleep in, maybe have an extra special treat. Sometimes we stay up late, watch a lot of TV. But we've been out of school almost two months now. That's not very good for us. In Proverbs 29, verse 15, it says, To correct and discipline a child brings wisdom, but a child left to themselves brings shame to their mother. My wife will sometimes ask our children, have you done this or have you finished that? And sometimes they get kind of annoyed. Well, she will remind them by saying, you know, if I didn't ask, then I really don't care. You see, God's giving moms instruction to help their children learn and grow and be wise and disciplined as they get older. So we should show our mothers how much we love them by listening to them, talking to them in a kind tone, picking up after ourselves, maybe even making our bed. Try doing something that you know she'd want you to do 
without her asking first. So happy Mother's Day to all you mothers out there. Let's treat them special all the year through. Bow with me and then we'll listen to Pastor Kevin give us our message. Dear Lord, we thank you for the gift of mothers, their love, their undying affection for us. Help us to make them proud and help us to show them how much we love them. We pray in Jesus' name, amen. Good morning. Kevin here, First Baptist Church Independence. Have you ever tried to find out the truth about something and had trouble? It's important, isn't it? We want what we do to be based on fact and truth rather than just emotion and rumor. Let me give you an example. Over the last couple of years, I've started raising ducks and chickens. And I didn't know anything about ducks and chickens other than I liked eggs and I liked to eat these animals. So I wanted to know what to do to raise them healthy and those things. And so I did what everybody does today. I went on YouTube. I found out real quick that everybody who poses themselves as an expert usually doesn't have a clue what they're talking about. I watched literally dozens of really bad videos that gave me information based more on emotion and feeling and whether or not chicks and ducks were cute or not rather than anything else. I finally found a couple of farmers who knew what they were talking about and a college professor, chair of a department somewhere in an agricultural department, and I learned to trust them and no one else. That's the way it is in so many things in life, particularly in the area of religious faith. Over the last several weeks, we've talked about authentic faith. And one of the things that I want to bring up to you, and I do this every week, is that we want our faith to be based on facts and not just feelings and emotions. Emotions, how things make you feel, are important, but they aren't factual necessarily. Your emotions can lead you astray and can even deceive you. So what we need to do is base our faith not on just what feels good, but on what we know to be the truth. Paul understood this. He had a friend, a young friend named Timothy, who was a pastor of a church, and Timothy was struggling. He was in a church that was struggling. They were good people. They had a sincere faith, but it was a faith that was mixed up with a lot of other things that was false and not according to biblical truth. So Paul had to instruct them and instruct this young pastor. Let me read to you a passage from Scripture, 2 Timothy chapter 3, verses 14 through 17. You, however, continue in the things you have learned and become convinced of, knowing from whom you have learned them, and that from childhood you have been known the sacred writings which are able to give you the wisdom that leads to salvation through faith which is in Christ Jesus. All Scripture is inspired by God and profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, and for training in righteousness, that the man of God may be adequate equipped for every good work. Here is an idea of what this authentic faith we practice is based upon. Paul teaches Timothy here is that the Christian faith is based on the wisdom that has come from God Himself. It's important when you know who says something authoritative, isn't it? Have you ever heard someone say this? Who told you that? We do it all the time. If someone says something that affects us or perks our attention or some something that we know is wrong, we always ask the question, well, where did you hear that? 
we do that because we understand that just because someone talks well or talks loudly doesn't mean they know anything. So when someone says something that catches our attention, we want to know, well, who was that person? What kind of person are they? It works to the contrary, too. If we don't like what someone says, we criticize their character instead of criticizing what they said. We just say, well, they're stupid. You can't believe them anyway. And so who you listen to makes a difference. Paul understood that. When Paul wrote this letter to Timothy, he was quoting not just Scripture, yes, but the author of Scripture, God Himself. You see, that's what gives Scripture its authority. Not that it makes you feel good, not that people like it, but that it comes from the mind of God. And this is something that Paul wanted Timothy to understand. Timothy, a pastor of a church in a very pagan world, had to teach his people that Scripture was authoritative, not other writings, not what they had heard, not what their mamas taught them, but Scripture, because it was from the mind of God. So that's something we want to remember. Here are some things that Paul teaches Timothy, and by extension us, when we talk about this faith. And one of the things we want to remember is that the faith that we practice is a revealed faith. What that means is God reveals Himself to us. God reveals spiritual truth to us. God reveals the eternal truths of the universe to us. And so it's given to us by God. So here are some ideas to remember about a revealed faith. And he says this in these passages that we read. He said, first of all, these are truths that you have become convinced of. They were experienced. So Timothy, as a younger man, was taught biblical truth. And then he began to live his life by biblical truth. And then he experienced the fact that when you base your life on biblical truth, your life changes. And when you pray according to Scripture, and when you follow God according to Scripture, your life changes. So the facts of God's Word are backed up by the experience of living your life by those words of God. And so Timothy understood that. So Paul is helping him to remember, listen, these aren't things I've just taught you. You know this because you've lived this. Pretty important stuff. Another thing, he calls them sacred writings. The Old Testament was the written Word of God given to man by God through the prophets, through Moses, through Isaac and Isaiah and Jacob and Jeremiah and all those other people. And they were given the words of God and God inspired them and some of them wrote what they did down and it became Scripture. And so they become sacred, which means they're more than just the wisdom of man. They are the wisdom of God based on eternal truths and the eternal character of God. Going along with that is this sense of authority and spiritual authority. Not all religious writings have religious authority. Spiritual authority, religious authority, comes from the mind of God. It doesn't come because some guy is smart or because some woman tells emotional stories. That is almost irrelevant, or it should be. What we have to learn to do is base our faith and belief on those teachings that come from the mind of God. So. Paul is teaching Timothy and us that when you read Scripture, you're reading the authoritative Word of God. What the Bible says is the truth. One other thing, in verse 16, all Scripture is inspired by God. What this means is, and the phrase is literally, God breathed, God revealed Himself to the author, authors of both the Old and the New Testament, and He put within their minds the truth, 
sometimes very specific beliefs and words and sometimes very general concepts, and they allowed them to put those words into their own mind, own, own words, and write those down so that we could understand that. But we need to understand that it came from the mind of God. It wasn't just old guys sitting around coming up with good ideas. Sometimes people have that idea. It wasn't some guy who lived on a mountaintop and wore a robe and proclaimed to know the spirit of the universe. Nothing like that at all. It was the inspired Word of God. And so Timothy had to be reminded because he was with a group of people. They were good folk and they had all sorts of religious ideas and there were all sorts of religious writings, other kinds of Bibles, if you want to use that term, and they disagreed with biblical truth of what the Christian faith was. And so what Paul was doing with this young pastor saying, listen, there's only one authority, the Scripture, which comes from the mind of God. And because it's from the mind of God, that gives it authority. So when you think of Scripture, think of something that is from the mind of God. And that gives it authority, not because you like it, but because it's from God, not because you agree with it, but because it is from the mind of God. The fact that God says something makes it true. Let me read you another passage of Scripture where Peter wrote it like this. But know this first of all, that no prophecy of Scripture is a matter of one's own interpretation. For no prophecy was ever made by an act of human will, but men moved by the Holy Spirit spoke from God. Scholars call this the dynamic theory of inspiration. The Holy Spirit, God Himself, moved in people's minds and hearts. He helped them to understand truth. He gave them specific ideas and concepts. Sometimes He directed them to put things in very specific word forms. Other times, He allowed them to write whatever came to mind guided by truth. But regardless, it's the Word of God. It's inspired from God's Spirit and it is absolutely trustworthy and authoritative. So when we talk about having an authentic faith, what we want to do is base our faith on the facts of God's Word, on the facts that God has revealed to us. One of the other things here that we want to understand is that God's revealed wisdom, the inspired Word of God, can guide us in this life and help us in this life and in the life to come. One of the things that I always ask about ideas and concepts, particularly religious ideas and concepts, is this. Is it practical? Does it help me live a better life? Does it make me a better person? If I buy into this belief system, what is its effect on me? And those are valid questions of any concept or ideology. You have to ask the question, is it practical? Is it going to help? Paul makes the case in the passage we read, that this biblical faith breathed from the mind of God is eminently practical and makes your life better. And I just want to take a time here. If anyone ever says that the scriptures don't make any sense, they haven't read scripture. If anyone ever says that the Bible isn't practical or that following Jesus has nothing practical to do with this life, they are clueless and you need to challenge them on that. Let me give you an idea of what I'm talking about here. These are some of the values or the practical applications of a revealed faith. First of all, and these are from the passage we read, they are a reliable source for spiritual teaching. And the word that Paul uses is teaching. In other words, if you want to know spiritual truth, go to Scripture. When you go to Scripture, you learn things. In beginning, God created. God created man and woman. 
God created man and woman to raise children. It is man and woman's job to teach children about God. Those are matters of practicality, aren't they? They're eternal spiritual truth, but they're good, solid teaching. Let me give another one from the New Testament. Don't spend money you don't have. How's that one go? In our culture, based on credit, the Scriptures challenge us. Don't use credit if you don't have to. Don't live beyond your means. Live frugally and save for the future and invest in God's kingdom. Those are truths, teachings that can change your life. So, first of all, the biblical truth is good for teaching. Another idea here, it can challenge false teaching. He says here that it is good for reproof. In other words, when people have dumb ideas or ideas that they picked up from a pagan world, sometimes they need to be challenged. So, if you read Scripture and you see something that you don't like or you disagree with, you need to ask, well, why don't I like this? Where did I learn this idea? Let me give an example. In our culture right now, it is sort of accepted truth that on a sexual level, you can do whatever you want as long as there's no abuse, as long as there's two consenting adults, and it doesn't matter. The Bible says, absolutely not. God created human sexuality for a man and his wife, and that's it. Anything else is outside of God's plan. So if you read Scripture and you come across those passages, you are immediately challenged by that if you buy into what our culture has taught you. So you have to ask yourself, am I going to accept biblical truth, or will I allow this culture tell me what to do? And that's where you are often challenged by biblical teachings. Another thing, inspired writings challenge us. They correct us. They force us to think differently. In our culture, we are beginning to come to the place where what we want is more important than anything else. And what is good for me is better than anything else. And the Bible challenges us and corrects that teaching because the Scriptures teach us that we are important, but so is everybody else. And we must value other people's health and well-being. When the Scriptures teach us to love other people, that's what that means. It has nothing to do with emotion, but everything to do with being concerned for their well-being. So in this coronavirus outbreak and quarantine, we know that there are millions of people that have lost their jobs and are struggling just to feed their families. Christian concern is, don't just be concerned with yourself. Do what you can to help others. So share what you've been given. Give to food pantries. Share groceries with others, and so on and so forth. In other words, allow Scripture to change the way you live. One other thing. This passage teaches us that God's Word was for the purpose of preparing us for service. Did you hear that? God's goal in your life is to prepare you to serve others. So it's not just to make you feel good. It's not just to bless you and make you happy. Those are all parts of following Jesus, of course. But the real goal of growing in the faith is getting to a place in your life where you are willing and able to serve God by serving the needs of others. So what you have to do is look around and say, all right, what am I doing for other people? If you're honest with yourself and you realize you're not doing anything for anyone other than just family, then you come up short, don't you? And that's not to be critical or insulting to you, but it's to challenge you and to teach you and prepare you for ministry. By definition, 
Ministry is where you voluntarily give up your time and your energies and, yes, your monies to help other people, and that's ministry. Sometimes it means giving people money. Sometimes it means paying some of their bills or buying their groceries. Sometimes it means visiting them or hugging them or doing those other things that are sometimes kind of uncomfortable. But as you grow in faith, and as you allow biblical truth to teach you, as the inspired Word of God begins to take root in your life, you will become more suitable for ministry and more willing for ministry. And it doesn't mean you're always going to want to do the right thing, but sometimes it means that you will be doing the right thing just because you know it's the right thing. There is value in doing good in the name of Jesus, even when you don't want to do it. Be obedient to God, Allow the truths of God's Word to teach you and shape you and motivate you, and then be the person that God wants you to be. There's another passage of Scripture. I'm going to read this to you. For the Word of God is living and active and sharper than any two-edged sword, and piercing as far as the division of soul and spirit, of both joints and marrow, and able to judge the thoughts and intentions of the heart. The author of Hebrews understand that when you Read the Word of God. It sometimes cuts right through all the stuff in your life and cuts right to the core of who you are. Sometimes when you read Scripture, you will be affirmed. You're going to realize, oh, I did the right thing. And that's a good thing. It's God saying to you, good job. Sometimes you're going to read Scripture and you're going to go, well, I didn't know that. There you go. You're learning. God's teaching you. Sometimes when you read Scripture, you're going to go, I don't know about that. I don't want to hear that. God is challenging you and confronting you. At other times, you're going to read Scripture, and you're going to feel the prick of the Holy Spirit, and you're going to realize, I need to get up and do something. I need to help that family. I need to help this friend. I need to do something for those that are struggling. That's God's Word motivating you and equipping you for service. The authentic faith that we desire is based on the truths of Scripture, not just the truths of the Gospel. Salvation is the bedrock of the whole experience, of course. But there's more to the Christian faith than just getting saved. If all you've done is gotten saved and nothing more than that, then the New Testament calls you a babe in Christ, not as an insult, but as an observation. You're learning. You need to get with it. You need to grow. You need to develop and become the person that God can use. You know, you can't use a babe, you train a babe. As you get older, you can use those people for service, and that's exactly what God wants to do. So the upshot here is this. When you develop this authentic faith, it will be based on the truths of Scripture. God will speak to you and teach you and correct you and shape your life, and you will become a servant of the kingdom of God. Let me encourage you and challenge you. Allow God's Word to speak to you Allow the Holy Spirit to teach you and challenge you and motivate you to service. And in that process, you will become the person that God has called you to be. Thank you. Thanks again for joining us for service. I hope you were encouraged and blessed. Don't forget we have content coming up throughout the week on our Facebook and YouTube pages. Let's pray and be dismissed. Dear Lord, I thank you for today's service, Lord. I pray that we would go about our week, Lord, encouraged and inspired to do your will. And I love you for it, Lord. Amen.
Have a great week.